Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Psalm chapter 1. Last week we began a series, and it's called How to Really Know God. How to Really Know God. And uh, the reason why we said really know God and not just know God is because, you know, people say nowadays the term of, they'll say, do you know such and such? And you go, yeah, I know them. And they'll say, when's the last time you talked to them? I don't, well, I don't know them. I, I know of them. And, you know, that's kind of the way a lot of people have a relationship with God. They know of God, but they don't, they wouldn't say they know God. That's kind of being presumptuous. Are we supposed to really know God? You know, I, I know the things I'm supposed to do. All of us have probably heard this before. People say, what religion are you? And you say, I don't have a religion. I have a relationship. Because we know that our lives aren't based on having a religion. Religion would be classified maybe as a, this is what you're supposed to do to please God. Or this is what, this is, this is a kind of way that church operates and you operate. And, and if you do this and you do that, then you'll, uh, you'll be pleasing to God and you'll go to heaven. There was a guy that I was talking to the other day in the city and I invited him to church. I carry these in, these invite cards that just says you're invited. I encourage you to carry them, you know, if you want to invite someone to church, but I go through a whole stack of cards, just inviting people. And, and, uh, and I was inviting this guy and he said, Oh, Oh, Oh no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, well, good. <laughs> I'm glad you are. And he said, I don't really do church and stuff. And I said, Oh, okay. No, no problem. And he said, uh, he said, and I said, well, why not? Could I ask you why not? And he goes, I'm just not into that stuff. I just believe, you know, if I do good and, and then you know, they'll go to heaven. And if I don't, then I'll go to hell. And I said, are you okay with that? And he goes, with what? I go, with going to hell. Are you, like, are you okay with that? Really? Or are you just saying that because you don't want to deal with it? I don't know if I'm okay with it or not. And I said, well, you know, it's just, you know, not putting any pressure on you, man, but I just want to say, you should think about that. And that's a good part of your life, like afterlife, right? It's, it's eternity. You should think about that statement, I'm okay. You're, you're probably not, you're okay now, you're not going to be okay later. And he goes, oh, okay, I'll think about it. And later on in the conversation, I said, he started to soften. And I said, you're going to come to my church, aren't you? <laughs> and he said, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> he just kind of stopped for a minute. You know why? Because I didn't try to tell him you need to do this or be this or look this way or act this way. I mean, he was throwing F-bombs. He was throwing every, I mean, he was saying some stuff, you know, in the conversation. And I didn't flinch. And he goes, I, you know, he goes, I cussed a couple of times in our conversation. And I thought, not a couple, a couple dozen, <laughs> you know, but I didn't flinch. I'm not sitting here. Do you know God, people don't need judges. People need love. And the way that we respond to people in love and just accept them the way they are, it shows them how the family's like. You know, we're represent representatives of the family. And so when we talk about how to know God, if we want people to know God, they're probably not going to come into contact with God. They're going to come into contact with you and with me. And if we don't represent the way the family of God is, then we don't represent God well. But if we don't know God personally, then we really can't represent him the way that we should. Psalm chapter 1 says this, and today what I'm going to uh, talk about, last week I talked about 
simple fellowship, simple fellowship. The reason why we started with simple fellowship is because when we're teaching something like how to know God, it's not a checklist that you or I need. Okay, what's, what, what's the, all the things I need to do? The very first thing to know God is simple fellowship. The very first way that I got to meet my wife was to just sit with her on a date at Starbucks or at some coffee shop and just to get to know her. In fact, I want to tell you a funny story. When I was, Tiffany and I were dating, we were in college and we went to this coffee shop and, uh, you know, I was getting to know her and she was getting to know me and we didn't really have an agenda or anything in our, in our date. We were just talking. Anyway, we were sitting in this coffee shop and, uh, and, and, and I, we were in these plastic chairs, you know, these, the plastic, the plastic chairs. Okay. Not, not the sturdy ones, but the, the plastic ones. Right. And my family, we all have a habit of leaning back in our chairs. Like just, we like to lean back and see how far we could even go without falling over. Or if we do fall over, not to do it again, you know, and stuff. We're always leaning back. So I was sitting there and we were talking and I was leaning back in my chair in this plastic chair. Did I mention that? Okay. And so I was leaning back in this chair and, and, uh, and she's talking to me and I'm, and I'm kind of just leaning back, balancing. And all of a sudden the chair exploded. Okay. Now I don't mean just the legs broke. All four legs broke. All four legs broke off the chair in the coffee shop. There was a lot of people in the coffee shop, but I mean, one went that way. One went North, South, East, West. They were all, I mean, boom. And people all turned around like this. There was an explosion that went on and I'm sitting on my behind in this plastic seat. Now it wasn't a chair anymore. Okay, it was a seat, and I'm sitting back on my back looking at her. I, I didn't keep, I kept eye contact the whole time. It's pretty good. I kept eye contact. And I look at her, you know, and I wanted to see how she would, oh, honey, she just, she burst out laughing. She just laughed at me, and laughed. I was so embarrassed. And I got up, and, you know, I, I think I returned the seat to the owner, and I said, hey, here's your seat, you know, but... But can I tell you uh, why I told that story is we didn't, we were in the middle of just hanging out and talking and spending time with one another. And I shared last week that when we get to know God, it's so important just to be with him. Not to always have this agenda or this, you have to read this and do this and do this and here's five minutes of this and 10 minutes of this and 12 minutes of this and this and that and then I'm done. Okay, I'm ready to go on my day. As if God were a tool that I needed to get to the rest of the things that really matter in life. Everybody can do it. If you're a believer, and I gave these points, that number one, your heart has to be compatible. You have to be born again because that's how God communicates with you is spirit to spirit. Number two, you have to have an empty heart. You can't have your heart full of all kinds of stuff like a full garage and I'm trying to park something in it. You have to open your heart up. And, and then third of all, you have to have a willing heart, an open heart like we talked about Mary and Martha. But today I'm talking about uh, uh, knowing God's word. Psalm chapter one says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I want you to notice verse one, there's a progression of, they're, they're starting out walking, then they, they're standing, then they're sitting. It's kind of not a progression in progress, it's a progression in the opposite. Verse two, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is the blessed man. 
is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. The law of the Lord at this time was really the first five books of the Old Testament. Uh, But now we would say the law of the Lord is the word of God. It's the whole inspired Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Listen to this. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever this man does shall prosper. Whatever this man does, the one who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates day and night, whatever he does shall prosper. And then it says, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. So I just want to make a couple of points here. Number one is that uh, the person's delighting in the law of the Lord. They love it. They cherish God's word. He'll be planted. He'll bear fruit. He won't dry up and he'll prosper. Isn't that what everybody's going for? They want to prosper. They want energy. They want excitement about life. But the Bible says that the person who gets the word of God and keeps God's word in their heart, they will prosper. They won't dry up. They'll bear fruit in its season. And then he goes on and says, here's what the ungodly uh, are like. They're like the chaff which the wind drives away. The chaff is like the, you know, the, the stuff that's not ground to anything. It's, just, it's, the, it's the, the, the part that falls off, so to speak. This week I was... Um, I had some papers that were sitting on my desk and they were, you know, just sitting there and then I have a ceiling fan because it was hot and I put the ceiling fan on and then the ceiling fan started blowing the papers away. So, uh, you know, so I walk over and I put, you know, I put something on top of the papers and, uh, and you know, everything was okay. Then, then I picked it up because I had to get one of the papers and I pulled it out and then, then I had this thought, well, do I turn the ceiling fan off or do I put a weight on the papers? See, sometimes what we want to do when there's problems is, is turn the thing that's blowing the problems off. And thinking, well, if, I, if nothing blows, if I don't have any problems going on, then I think I'll be okay. But can I tell you, problems will come. You can't turn the problems off. But what this says is if you'll keep the word of God in your heart, you'll be grounded. And if you're the ungodly, you'll be like the person that, that's like the chaff that the wind drives away. If you don't have God's word in your heart, it's the contrast. Then in Luke chapter 6, Jesus said this. That was from the Old Testament. Jesus said this in the New Testament. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them. Three things. Comes, hears, and does. Comes. Here's what I say and does it. He said, I'm going to show you who he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. I want you to notice he's solid. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against the house, it could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like the man who built his house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Uh, which house did the, did the wind blow on? Both house. Which house did experience the storm? Both. Which house was built a good house? Both. What was the only difference? One had foundation, one didn't. It doesn't matter just if you have a good plan. It's what your good plan is based on. 
It's where's the foundation of the good plan. And what he says here is the difference is if a person comes and hears and then applies the word of God, then they have a good foundation on which to stand on. Because can I tell you, you won't know what foundation you've, uh, you've built your house on until the storms come. See, sometimes we think everything's good. Well, I'm good. Like that guy said, I'm good. Well, you're good now, but next week a storm's coming. And if you don't have your house built on the foundation, you're in trouble. So see, what we're doing by hearing the word of God is not doing it for today. Today, you may be good. But tomorrow, you're, you're putting the word of God in your heart for when the storm comes. And when the storm comes, the storm is the thing that tests where our foundation was. So come here and does is like the man on good foundation. But he who doesn't do will be blown away. I want you to notice between both of these verses, uh, both of these passages in Psalm and in the book of Luke, that the one who applies the word of God will stand strong, but the one who doesn't will be blown away. That's the, that's, that's, that's the, re when we talk about knowing God, one of the most important things, in fact, the most important th thing that I think we can do besides just simply fellowshipping with God is getting God's word in our hearts. The similarities is that if we stick with the word, we'll be solid. And if we don't, we'll be blown away. So I'm going to uh, tell you three simple things to do to know God's word. Number one is read God's word daily. Can you write this down? Read God's word daily, every day, regularly as a whole. You are what you eat. It's not about eating the right thing for one day and then eating the wrong things for 30 days and then eating the right thing for one day and then, or eating the right thing for one day and then eating the wrong thing for six, six days and every week coming to church and eating. No, it's about what we regularly intake. The, the word of God, he says here, his delight is in the law of the Lord. It's a lifestyle. It's something that we should enjoy, uh, and in his law, he meditates day and night on a regular basis. We should enjoy the word. The first point is taking the word of God in daily. The example would be more like vitamins or like good food. We don't take vitamins to heal a headache. We don't take vitamins to, to heal if you're acid levels off or something, and you say, oh, take vitamins. No, that's for ongoing health. That's for regular health. Or we don't eat vegetables and eat regular food to usually to cure an ailment or a specific thing. It's usually for ongoing health. We eat the word of God on a regular basis, not because we're going through problems, but because we're trying to live a spiritually healthy lifestyle and get health into us. And so uh, eat, reading the word of God on a regular basis, his delight is in the law of, of the Lord. Results come from consistency. Can you just say the word consistency? Results come from consistency. Here's the action item that I'm going to tell you about, and, I, and I'm going to challenge each one of you to do that and to begin that right away. Each one of you were given in your uh, information guide. Could you pull this out? It's a bookmark. There's a, there's a little method to studying the Bible that I just want to go over today, and it's very simple, okay? I've been doing it for years, and someone showed it to me years ago, and it's just an amazing thing. It's called SOAP, S-O-A-P. It's a method for Bible study, and I'm going to ask you to jump into that in, in order to not just fix a problem, but to get the Word of God in your heart. Number one, Scripture. How many in, in here are journalers? You like to journal and write your feelings and your thoughts and your, and then how many would say, I'm not really a writer? Yeah. 
Okay, you're not a hand raiser either. Okay, there's like three of you. Okay, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do anything. I just, I'm, I'm just here. I'm good. I'm, better be glad I'm here. I'm just here. Okay, we're well, glad you're here. Okay, um, here's what I want to ask you to do. At the beginning of the year, we're actually going to get journals for our church, but, uh, but I want you to get some type of journal or some type of thing to write in. It might be an electronic file. You know, it might just be a file that you have in notes or you have something on there, but I want everyone, and it's not how much you journal, it's just that you do. It's that you get this in, and there's a simple Bible study. I'm telling you this right here, I've gone to Bible college and graduate, I've gone, I've gone through many, many, many classes and discipleship and leadership training and all these things, but there is not a better thing than the simplicity of this thing right here. You take this and you read this Bible reading. So like today would be the 23rd. So we would say Daniel 11 and 12 and Luke chapter six. Actually Luke chapter six is the scripture we just read today, which was whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them. So we know it's God saying for you to do this. Okay. So, uh, you would take this Luke, uh, Daniel 11 and 12, and you would open your Bible and you would read those in Luke chapter six. Before you read, you just say this, Lord, would you speak to me? Whatever you want to speak to me today. The Bible says that God's word is alive. Okay. So you look through and you see the S and it says, uh, in your journal, write out the one verse that spoke to you the most, write the one verse. Let me encourage you, don't overcomplicate it. Write the one verse that spoke to you the most, okay? So for instance, Luke chapter six, it might be that verse, and it says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man building his house on a rock. So you write out that verse, Luke six thirty-six. okay? And you write out that verse. And then it says here, Observation. Observation is what captured your attention as you read this passage. Did God speak to you as you were reading, and what did you learn? Now, let me just uh, disarm uh, any any thoughts that might say, "What do you mean, God speak to you? That's weird." I don't mean an audible voice. I can't remember in my whole life God ever saying, "David." six o'clock, wake up to pray. No, I mean, I can't remember that ever happening or God, God's like Mary Tiffany. She's the best thing in the world, right? Uh, no, I never had that, but there's a sense on the inside that you know it's God. When your spirit's been born again, he speaks to your spirit. There's just something that you go, that's God. I, I don't know how I can tell, but that's just God. It's his voice. Okay. So as you're reading the Bible, a, a verse will hop out at you. It, it'll just pop up. It's like it, it came, it's like those books that you, that you open, these kid books. I love those books. I wish they had those for adults. So you open these books up and like a dragon pops out or like a, like a snake pops out or those are evil, like a, like a puppy pops out or something. And it's all, Hey, you know, that's what happens with verses. You read the Bible and you're just trying, you're just reading along and you're like, oh, look at this. And all of a sudden it's all meow, you know, it just pops out. This verse pops out of you and you know, it's God saying this verse is for you today. You may not even know why it's for you. Maybe it's for you for tomorrow, but he's speaking it to you today to prevent something for tomorrow. So you take that verse, you write it down, and then you just write down what captured you about that verse. Like for instance, if it was Luke chapter six, verse 36, you'd say both men built a house. One had strong foundation, one didn't. The one that had the strong foundation stood. And that's what you write down. That's just what I observed. Then application, which part of the scripture can you apply to your life and what will you change to do? So you might look at that and say, well, isn't that the same thing as, oh, no. This is how it applies to me. So I could look at it and say, I do a good job 
at hearing God's word, at maybe coming to church, but I can't say that I will apply God's word like I need to. I hear the Lord saying to me, keep life simple, but apply my word to your life. Now, let me tell you when I hear God's word saying to me, in the midst of writing and in the midst of keeping your heart open, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. That's how the Bible was written. The Bible says that holy men, the Holy Spirit didn't personally take his hand and write any scripture. He inspired men of God. He inspired men to write the word of God. But as they begin to write, the Holy Spirit got in the midst of their writing and spoke to them. Let me tell you something. You're not going to write scripture. Okay, so don't think I'm going to add a couple more books to my Bible. No, no, no. You're not writing scripture, but you're writing an application for your own life. For something, and I promise you, there are many, many people that say, I want to hear God, but I don't know how to hear God. This is the best way that I know to teach someone how to hear God, is to say, open the Bible, write the scripture, write an observation, write an application, and then the prayer. Ask God to give you a clear understanding of this scripture and ask him to help you apply it to your life. Pray the scripture over your life. So you might say, uh, Father, I don't even feel like I have the strength to do this, but would you help me this week? Amen. I mean, it doesn't have to be that much. I don't encourage you that you have to write 12 pages. You might just write a page. But can I tell you what's going to happen if you do it today, you do it tomorrow, you do it the next day, you do it the next day, you do it the next day. You're going to get back to church here on, in seven days, and you're going to have seven times you opened your heart to the Lord and you allowed God's word to breathe. The Bible says that God's word is God breathed. It was God breathed. But you're allowing the word that he breathed into the scripture. But you're allowing the, the, the breath of the scripture to be breathed back into your lungs spiritually. And what will happen? You'll be stronger. You'll hear more clearly from the Lord. So let me encourage you this week. How many would say, I'm going to try for this one week. Would you take this soap journal. Would you do that? Okay, good. Thank you. Would you take this this week, just this one week and write it down? Even if you're not a journaler, I'm probably speaking to you more than anybody. Just do it. God will love you more. I'm kidding. No, he won't. He won't love you anymore. He won't love you anymore. But you take this and you put the word of God. So number one is to read God's word. That was the longest one. Number two is meditate God's word. Meditate God's word day and night. Uh, meditating God's word is more like targeted results. It, it's, it's, it's I'm sick. I got a bad report from the doctor. I need healing. And so what do I need? Well, I meditate. I take certain scriptures in that help help me with that area in my life. I'm depressed, and what do I do? I take certain scriptures in to apply those areas. It's just the principle of the farmer. If you want corn and you're a farmer, what do you plant? Corn. If you want apples, what do you plant? Apple, apple seeds, right? You, you plant whatever you need. Whatever in your life, if you're looking for success or, or hope in your life, or you're looking for healing, or you're looking for a mate in your life, I remember when I was looking for a wife, and I planted the word of God, in my heart, uh, and, and tried to apply the word of God in every way that I knew. And, you know, and I got married. It works. People say, I, I, you know, I, are you supposed to, I, I, you're not supposed to talk about that if you're, no, if you want a mate, just say, I want a mate. I, I mean, maybe you don't say it that way. 
I want to get married. You say, I want to get married, right? Now, you don't want to say that in front of everybody. You, you sound desperate. Okay, you don't want to sound it that way. But, but, but you say it to the Lord. You say, Lord, I'm, I, want to, I want to be married, right? I want to be married. And then you take the word of God. If you, you need healing. Lord, I need healing. So you take specific words. So here's what we're going to do. On our website, memphistabernacle.com, under resources, if you click on resources, we just launched our podcast on there, and it's going to be on iTunes this week. You take the messages that you hear, and you listen to them again. Get the preached word of God inside of your heart and watch God change you. So uh, the other thing we're going to have on there is we're going to have scriptures that apply to different areas of your life, different God's promises in different areas. There's hundreds and thousands of promises that God has in his word. So number two, meditate God's word specifically. So number one was read God's word daily, which is like a a holistic, but then uh, meditate God's word specifically. So that's the action on that. And then number three, last of all, is fellowship around God's word, fellowship around God's word. In the book of Acts chapter two, Acts 2.42, you can look on your screens, it says, and they continued, and they continued steadfastly. So continued is like, ongoing. It's not a one-time thing. It's a repeated event. I like, like in, in my task manager, you know, they say, is this one time or repeated? Well, it wasn't uh, one time. It was a repeated event. They continued steadfastly. Steadfastly, they made sure to do it. In the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers, they did this. And in verse 46, it said, so continuing daily, so the continuing steadfastly is ongoing, but they don't just say ongoing like every week. No, they said every day they continued with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. In the book of Acts, they met two primary ways. One was kind of like on Sunday mornings like we do. We come together and we meet together. But then they met house to house. They met in different people's homes during the week. So that's why we're starting small groups. Small groups are a time where we can get together and we can pray for one another. We can just get to know one another. It's not necessarily going to be something that we sit and do a whole study through the word, but small groups are based around whatever you like. You might be a, a, a runner, you know, and you love to run. Well, there's other people who love to run. So you say, get together, talk about running, race each other. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> pray that you'll win, right? But you're coming together and you're connecting together around running. There's someone else who might say, I really want to go to a marriage class and I want to understand, you know, I'm, I love my spouse. I want to have a better marriage. And so you get together and you learn about that. There's others that are say, I'm a young adult and I just want to meet other, I mean, nothing against someone who's not young, but I kind of like people who are young because I'm young. And so Um, I want to get together with others. And so you get together uh, with others and you hang out together and you have something that you go through. Uh, There's two reasons for small groups. One is for connection and two is for spiritual growth. One is for connection, two is for spiritual growth. But this third point about growing in God's word is that we're having fellowship around God's word. In other words, that's that's what makes it a different thing than just some community group you know, a bingo group or, or something that's outside is they don't really have fellowship around something. We have fellowship around God's word. So they met around God's word. They share what God was doing, shared what God was saying in the temple and from house to house. And you grow 
as you meet together. The way that you grow is you become the body of Christ and you gather with other believers and you come into an environment where you can trust one another. There's three points about uh, uh, small groups and one is it's a place that's uh, where we connect. It's another place where we protect and it's a place where we grow. We connect, we protect, and we grow. And so I want you to do this. As we're growing in God's word, I want you to pray, number one, about getting God's word in your heart on a daily basis. Number two, about beginning to meditate the word. But number three, about getting into a small group. We're going to be having those next, starting next week. More than anything, here's what I'm saying today. God wants you to know him. And he wants you to know him through his word. Could everybody bow your heads just for a moment? And would you say this to the Lord? Would you say, Lord, what are you speaking to me today? Just pray that honest prayer. Lord, what are you speaking to me today? Just stay. stay. What are you speaking to me today, Lord? What are you saying to me today, Lord? Maybe you're telling me something simple to do. Maybe you're telling me something not to do. And then would you just respond to the Lord right where you are? Say, Lord, I respond to you. I I want to tell you, I want to know you better. I want to know your word better. I'm not where I want to be, but I thank you that you take me right where I am today. You accept me exactly where I am today, as your son, as your daughter. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.